the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Good morning and welcome to Boogie Iron Podcast. Morning Market Roundup with Chip Nellier. Chip, uh... Kind of a quiet day overall. The market's a little bit down. Pro Farmer kind of made their tour around the uh, the countryside there, uh, up in the northern part of the Corn Belt, and so it looks like uh, they're not for sure, but market's down a little bit. Yeah, market's down a little bit. Um, you know, we don't have uh, a lot of news out. Pro Farmer tours going on, and, and that's always uh, closely watched by the market, especially nowadays with Twitter. I mean. You know, you have participants tweeting essentially almost from every stop they make. Um, and then obviously at the end of every um, day, you get uh, the pro farmer results from that state. So, you know, keep in mind, there's there's two legs of the tour. There's an Easter leg and a Western leg. Um, so we saw a little bit of bearish news yesterday. Uh, the South Dakota crop uh, was pegged uh, like 20% bigger than a year ago. Uh, Ohio was larger than a year ago as well. I think uh, they pegged Ohio uh, like uh, mid-170s. Now, keep in mind, those, those Ohio and South Dakota you know, had some issues last year, each of those states. Um, and, and so they, they have bounced back. But the South Dakota crop especially was way higher than what the USDA had them pegged at. Now, keep in mind here, there's not a strong correlation to what the pro farmer tour comes out with state by state and comparing that to the USDA state numbers. Um, but it's the, it's the trend the market's looking for. So long story short, the, uh, the pro farmer tour, at least from the first day, um, saw pretty good yields and uh, maybe a little higher than what the market expected. There's been some rain that's moved through as well here the last, uh, you know, three or four days over the weekend and here into Monday, Tuesday. Uh, very beneficial rainfall in some areas, well over an inch, uh, you know, helping stabilize corn, uh, probably definitely adding some, uh, some yield potential to some beans. And, uh, and that's a little bit of a negative influence as well. So we are seeing the markets relax here a little bit. You know, right now, corn's down two and a quarter. Beans are down one and a quarter in the overnight. Uh, the wheat market's down 10. It's getting beat up a little bit here. Um, some rains in Australia, they've been very, very dry there. Um, you know, I don't think it's the end of the line here. I don't think it's uh, a good assumption yet that the high's been put in wheat because there are some very definite problems out of the Black Sea area and, um, and the European crop there that's still kind of being digested. But right now, all the, the, uh, the influence is just a touch negative with the weather um, you know, especially kind of taking front and center here in the Pro Farmer Tour. So they move on today. You know, they're into uh, Nebraska today and, and Indiana. By late day, they're probably moving into, uh, like, western Iowa and eastern Illinois. So that crop progresses, and the market's going to hang on every every tweet and, uh, and yield report that comes out uh, from the Pro Farmer Tour. Uh, knocking on the door of this uh, Chinese-U.S. trade negotiations. Um, I believe those are set for uh, Wednesday and Thursday. The, obviously, the bean market is going to be highly sensitive and potentially wildly volatile to any news that comes out of there, good or bad. And um, so let's hope, knock on wood, 
that we get, um, you know, good result in that. And, and we can uh, kind of continue on the path of getting this thing figured out because it is very important uh, for agriculture, obviously. Um, so that's, you know, big news here later in the week. Um, what will they say? If anything, you know, maybe that's two days of meetings and, you know, that they, they uh, we don't get much news, but, you know, we agree uh, both sides to continue talks. So I think that'd be a, you know, moral victory. What we don't want to see is, you know, that meeting in with um, still some, you know, hurt feelings and, and, uh, and no real movement in the right direction. Uh, that would be pretty negative to the bean market, especially given some of these rains that have moved through the last few days. Yeah. Um, outside markets a little bit volatile. Um, dollar's been fluctuating a little bit. Um, you know, it's a little bit lower today, so that, that could give us a little bit of support. But that dollar uh, has been very, very volatile recently. Uh, still issues with Turkey that's really um, pushing the, the euro currency around and, and reflecting on the dollar as well. So we got a lot, you know, to throw at these markets. Some very early harvest starting in south of southern Indiana. There's a little bit of harvest starting. Um, you know, I would say Missouri um, has started. You know, they've had a lot of dry weather there, so that crop is is uh, really pushed along in, in Missouri. But I'd say you get another week to 10 days under our belts, uh, assuming that's dry and no more rain, you're going to have um, a lot of harvest activity, you know, through Kentucky, southern Illinois, southern Indiana. Um, you know, so it's it's on our doorstep here, and that, that always seems to cap the market a little bit once harvest starts. So a lot to digest, a lot of potential volatility. Um, stay tuned, I guess, because uh, the fun's not over yet. Yeah. Well, it looks like the hog market's kind of had some moves here of late. They've got some, I guess, with the Mexico news and potential Chinese news, plus the, what is it, the African swine flu or whatever it is that, that's driving yeah. on around? Exactly. I'm not super familiar with with that, other than um, you know it is uh, potentially decimating to a hawker. Um, they found that it's hard to control. Um, you know that's uh, in China, I believe. They have just massive amounts of hogs there. They're massive um, consumer of hogs, and so the China U.S. trade talks kind of got the the ball rolling a little bit. Obviously, if we can get things figured out there, uh, they have been a buyer of uh, U.S. pork. The Mexico situation, NAFTA, sounds like that's progressing and, and ongoing, and that's heading in the right direction. That's a big a big deal there. And then you add on this swine flu, especially in a market that's just been beat up and making new contract lows, and we had a massive amount of short covering. Lower yesterday, but, you know, we've I don't know what it is. I don't have a chart pulled up here. $10 off the lows in about uh, three trading sessions. So a little bit of back and fill here isn't unexpected, uh, but it just goes to show you how sensitive this is. It's, it's, whether you're talking about livestock markets, grain markets, it is, it's not about uh, just what's in our backyard anymore. It is very much a world market, more than it ever has been. It's all interrelated. Uh, you know, trade is a huge issue, um, obviously, and that's kind of front and center right now. And, uh, and, and world supply and demand still matters. So, uh, you know, it's uh, despite big crops here, despite 
you know, some of the largest hawk numbers we've seen, you know, it's a world market and we can still see rallies with large supply domestically uh, if there's problems in other areas of the world. And we're starting to see that. And it's a little bit of a head scratcher, you know, it's like, well, we got maybe a record bean crop going. We've got maybe a record corn crop. And yet we're well off the lows. You know, how can how can that happen? But because it's a world situation and we get, we have to look more than outside our, our back door here. Yeah. Uh, one more question here on the wheat market. Um, I think Russia's officially kind of quit exporting wheat. Seems like uh, they've kind of shut that down. And so how's that, how do you see that affecting the wheat market worldwide? And what, how do you see that, you know, we've got a ton of wheat laying around out here and, you know, so carryover is going to be, it's going to start going down. So how do you see that affecting the wheat market? Yeah, um, you know, very, very supportive. Um, I don't know. So here's how Russia works. We've talked about this before a couple weeks ago, I remember. Um, you know, you start seeing hints, we're going to we're gonna ban exports. We're going to put an export tax on. We're going to limit export. And this is bad. And then, they, you know, 12 hours later, they say, no, 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 we didn't. We're not going to do that. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? We know, the, the world knows there's a problem. They had a, a big drought, one of the worst droughts in, um, in, in 10, 15 years in that area of the world, uh, stretching into to Europe as well. And so that's why we rallied off the lows in the wheat market. And it's a slow process, right? So they're going to still export some, uh, but certainly not what they have in, you know, the last few years. And that area, just off the top of my head, like a year ago, equate, equates to, I think, just shy of 40% of the, of the world exports comes out of Europe and, and Russia and Ukraine. So it's a big, big area. And if they're going to be limited in supply, goes back to this world supply and demand situation. We have big, big supplies here. What we should slowly start seeing, and I think we've already seen that, we've had a couple decent weeks of exports. You should start seeing our exports take over and, and increasing and that usage switching here in the United States because we have plentiful supplies that are cheaper and, you know, as the crop size shrinks in, in Europe and the Black Sea area, their domestic prices are increasing. That in itself is going to slow demand down from there and slow their exports. So it should be long-term beneficial. Obviously, like you've seen the last couple of days, wheat is not going to go straight up. Uh, but we are in a very definite uptrend now and, um, you know, making higher highs and, and higher lows. So we will not go straight up, but longer term that should become very, very supportive to wheat over, uh, say, the next three to six months. It should result in better demand here. It's shrinking uh, world feed wheat supplies because that European crop, um, you know, and, and part of the Russian and Black Sea crop is, is feed wheat quality. So that's going to spill over, shrink feed wheat supplies, help support corn. Uh, the next substitute, if there's no... You know, feed wheat supplies available. We're going to go to something that uh, we can substitute. We can substitute corn very easily. Guess what? We've got a lot of corn here. We're going to about set to harvest what looks like a potential record crop. So it has big implications uh, longer term for wheat as well as corn. And, and it's a good thing, right? It's, uh, it's breaking a trend of about four to five years where we've seen world stocks increase in corn and, and wheat to burden some levels in wheat. Well, now we've turned the corner. We've had some production problems in parts of the world. We're shrinking that supply. Uh, we, because of low prices, we've increased demand. We've, we've lowered 
um, production and acreage. And, and now we're kind of seeing the, the pendulum swing the other way. I mean, it's, uh, I'm an econ major and it's, uh, that's, that's econ 101 in action. It's kind of interesting to see how that works in the real world, but, uh, longer term, it's a good, a good thing. Three to six months, we ought to see better demand in the United States on wheat and it should help secure, um, pretty good corn demand as well. And that's what we need is, uh, you know, according to the USDA in August, we're set to, to uh, harvest a record corn crop here. We'll see what, uh, we'll see what pro farmer has to say, uh, on that, on the final yield estimate, um, on Friday, but, uh, it's a big crop. Right on. <clears throat> All right, Chips, so plenty of volatility out there. If you guys want to talk about their marketing plan and some risk management uh, that you guys can do there at uh, Blue Reef, how would they do that? Yeah, best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. Uh, we'd be happy to chat with you and, uh, you know, take a look at your plan and, and uh, give you some advice on how you might be able to improve that. Right on. All right, Chip, well, I guess we're done here. So till tomorrow, have a good day. All right. If you do the same, we'll talk in the morning. All right. Thanks, Chip. Thanks. Hard working people.